magical. Welcome to Magic Monday. I am Tess Whitehurst, spiritual author and spiritual teacher. And I'm Natasha Levenger, energy healer, energy reader, and spiritual coach. And this is a podcast about all the ways we experience and use the magic of the universe in our everyday lives. Hello and welcome. Hello, welcome. Hello and welcome. Welcome back. We're back. <laughs> We back. Yeah, it's it's been a couple of weeks, and it seems like it's been four years. A really long time. <laughs> <laughs> I really was like, Ugh. like I really I feel like a different person entirely. We were talking a little before we started recording, but this eclipse season has been a bumpy ride for me. Mm, yeah. Um. What about how are you feeling though? Good. Well, I'm feeling. Great. Oh, yeah, Be- well, great. so it's been Mercury <laughs> retrograde, and I've been doing the 25 day Mercury retrograde challenge, oh, which yes. I is something I put on my blog and, and Instagram. Go follow. Tess. Yeah, on social media too. Mm-hmm. And it's, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to do this every Mercury retrograde because it just feels fun. It doesn't even feel like, mm-hmm. like in the past, I've been like, oh, Mercury retrograde, like we'll surrender to it. We'll just be with it. Right. We won't fight it. But like, this is like another level of not fighting it it's really like surfing the wave of it and it just feels good it doesn't feel like i'm not feeling negative aspects of mercury retrograde it's so interesting you're saying that i'm actually not either the retrograde part but i've been reading a lot and feeling into a lot actually posted on our instagram last night about this like how much the what we sometimes call bad feelings are like they can really be just actually enjoyed in some ways. Like mm-hmm. like to understand mm-hmm. really it's all part of the process. It's almost like as humans we're always surprised when we have feelings we don't like or things come mm-hmm. up that we didn't expect or when yeah. in fact that's really just – it's like – it's just part of the process. And it's like we have this expectation, even though it's never proven to be true. Yeah. That we're supposed to be happy all the time. Yeah. And isn't that weird? Yes. It's really like, weird. Like, where did we get that? <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. What? Oh, that happened. And it's like, what if it's, like, oh, yeah, that happened. I'm mm-hmm. going to feel that. And mm-hmm. it actually, when you do that, it kind of, I mean, I don't. Listen, I, I'm kind of hesitant to say this always because I don't like spiritual bypassing. So I'm not saying like, oh, you know, feel good about everything. But I kind right. of am saying that there is actual beauty in all of it. Mm-hmm. And I was reading this book about Jew. Um, it's called, uh, shoot, I can't remember. It's this Jewish um lens to look at spiritual like mysticism through the a Jewish mm-hmm. lens and she was talking about this in the beginning about how I think it's called sacred mysticism I'm gonna look it up so we can put it in the notes um but she was talking about how well she actually quoted some other people but how when our heart is broken it actually opens us up yeah. Yeah. That's how I felt when I was grieving Dr. Schwartz, my cat. I was like, I felt so connected to everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We have talked about this yeah. on the podcast, yeah. like how grief opens your heart. And um, it really does. I wonder if I've mentioned on the podcast before that 
when my cousin Logan was dying of a brain tumor at 29, my whole family on that side went to a beach house with him. We knew he wasn't long for this world. And we took a picture, a family picture, and it is the most beautiful picture. Like everyone in it is radiant. And it's because our hearts were all open. Yes. It's like it brings you present, like really truly into the present. And how much you love. Like you just feel like, oh my gosh, I love this person. Yeah. And then it it opens your heart to everything. It's beautiful to not resist. Like, there is some, we have the, it's really maybe the yuckiness is really in the resistance, for lack of a better word, yuckiness, but just like that where I were like, Ugh, I hate that. It's maybe it's just the resistance that's so awful. And when you really feel into it, it's not so, I mean, obviously it's terrible to lose somebody. I mean. Oh, it feels so bad. Yeah. yeah I mean, but the grief, it is, it's true. It's like a situation like that, like with your cat yeah. and, and like with my cousin Logan, like it, it. It's like you can't, you can't fight it. It, it when it just no, is like no, nope, here it is. This is there's no there's no pushing this away. There's no like distracting yourself. This is it. Then it's like oh, okay, yeah. and then your heart just bursts open. Yeah, and you feel all of it, which is kind of beautiful. It's and so I mean, beautiful. you can resist. I mean, I've seen, I've known people to resist and it's, but, um, and then on the flip side of that is depression, which is different than heartbrokenness. This is something she was explaining and it was interesting because I was feeling that this week I was telling you that I was feeling this heaviness and she was saying the depression actually cuts you off. It makes you feel alone and, and you know, first of all, clinical depression, my heart goes out to people with like clinical depression even more after experiencing just one day of feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, what isn't actually clinical depression, you know? Um, And so that's why I just want to say again, everybody who has like brain chemistry that for whatever reason isn't producing enough serotonin or whatever it is, like, there's so no shame in getting medication. My God, like, please, like, it doesn't make you less spiritual or anything. So what she was saying was that kind of feeling, that heaviness, which now I'm feeling is, unless it's clinical, is like a a resistance. It's like a, like a not expressing it. Oh, yeah, totally. It's energy that is stuck. That's why when I feel that feeling, I know, like, if I could just get up and just do something, clean out a drawer. Yeah. Like, it doesn't sound like I want to. It sounds terrible to me. Yes. But if I could just get up and do that, that I'll feel better. And because it's when in those situations when it's like, I just need to move energy. Energy isn't moving and I need to feel something. There's something I don't want to feel. For some reason, my feelings are stuck. Yeah. So I'll just say real quick that eclipse season has been, and I'll talk about this more in the energy report, but has been, um, I've been having huge releases like growth like I really do feel like a different person like things that have bothered me for years no longer bothering me but then the flip side of that was it was a bumpy ride it was like being on an airplane where it's like well this may not be a good analogy I was gonna say like getting up it's like you're going higher but it's like you're hitting a lot of turbulence on the way it's like Mm. okay now go down you know oh I'm up so it was feeling heavy like that and um I really didn't think that I needed to express anything 
And I did, by the way, force myself to, it felt like a lot of forcing myself to get up to clean stuff, like you oh, yeah. just said. Um, I thought of you every time I did it. I was like, okay. Yeah, that's my depression right Yeah, I mean, it, it does help for sure. But then I was feeling this and I and this really beautiful thing happened with me and my daughter where um, we've talked about this before with Luis Mojica around co-regulation and how having a co-regulator is so important when your nervous system is activated and you, you're feeling alone in it. Um, and normally I would say children should not be your co-regulator, you know, cause they shouldn't be like taking care of you. Um, and she wasn't taking care of me, but she, I was, I was starting to, I was feeling kind of sick and I was late. We were laying in bed together and we were just holding hands and I started thinking about, um, dying and we talk about death a lot and I, Emily, so it wasn't like traumatic for her at all. Um, but then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I just started crying about it. I was like, "It's actually, it's gonna be sad." <laughs> and I started Aww. crying, and she held my hand and was just like looking at me with just love, and like there wasn't any trying to take care of me. There wasn't like, it wasn't triggering her at all. I wasn't like asking her to take care of me. I was just feeling my feel. I was like, I don't even know why I'm crying. It's just like Aww. needed to come out. And, you know, she did like tear up a little, but she was like, she's like, oh, mom. Like, and just, but like, it was like this loving way and just like the whole, it was the definition of holding space you know oh, and yeah. it's just like able to be there and cry and she just like was emanating love and that was it oh, like not caretaking it. yeah Ugh. it was so healing like I keep thinking about like it really was the most anyone's ever done that for me before because even though Brett is really wonderful of course he's if I'm feeling sad he still has his codependency stuff where he wants me not to feel sad you know like mm -hmm. he or yeah. he feels bad for me that I feel sad which is understandable of course but she didn't have any feeling bad for me it was just like oh there's mom having sadness like oh uh, I love her yeah uh, it was so healing and I and I expressed it and like the depression lifted it was just a lot better. It did come back a I little, love that. Yeah, it was really beautiful. And I also think that part of why I was able to feel it too was, I'm just realizing this now, is a lot of my work I've been doing is on releasing responsibility. And so, like, I felt so responsible for both my parents growing up because they wanted me to and <laughs> they taught me that. And um, this was just like an example of, like, this is what it feels like to n have like love with no one feeling responsible for either one, you know. Yeah. So it's a real. That's like, so beautiful. I know it was really great. So that's my story. I love it. I um I really feel like Ted is really good at that. Oh, at, like if good. I'm sad. I'll, he'll be like, why are you sad enough? I'm like, because life is just so beautiful and so heartbreaking. He'll be like, I know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, he and I are both on that. that same page. Yeah. If it was like that, I'm sure Brett would be that way. 
But it's more like <laughs> if I was like, I don't know. It was so funny because I, I, we just talk about death in our family all the time, mm -hmm. like jokingly yeah. that I have a suicide pack. Sorry, I hope that's not triggering for anyone. And it is a joke. But like with when my cat Greg dies, I say that <laughs> it, he's going to live 16 more years when Brett retires. And then I'll just I, I go to a retirement party and then go upstairs with Greg and we'll both die. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean we're totally joking and everybody and my daughter laughs at that like she knows it's being funny oh my god did you hear my cats during that anyway no. so we talk about it a lot so but yeah if I'm like if I'm sad about like my childhood I think Brett has a hard time not feeling bad for me mm -hmm. which is understandable yeah yeah. Um, but yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. I love that story. I had been feeling a lot of feelings too. Just like, because so it was two weeks ago. It wasn't one week ago, but we did. I drew Surrender and Trust, the card from Cosmic Dancer Oracle, and you drew Page of Wands from, I think, Lightseer's Tarot. Yeah. Does that sound yeah. right? And I really, yes, yeah, so those both like Page of Wands, new energy. That's another thing I've been feeling. I've been getting used to this idea of going out in the world yes. again. I planned a trip. I've, I mean, it's been really sweet. Yeah. It just feels sweet You've really to been open enjoying back that. up. I have really enjoyed it too. I'm surprised because I had, I was like, am I going to feel really anxious? But I've actually felt really good. But I know a lot of people are feeling anxious. So. Yeah, that is, I haven't been having that. Ted's been having that a little bit yeah. of just like you, we got used to this and now I can't just switch back into it. But yeah. I'm just like, yeah, I just, I just, if I don't have to wear my mask somewhere, I'm really happy not Me to wear too. it. Me too. Me <laughs> too. And now finally it's saying like you don't have to wear masks if you're vaccinated. Yeah. It's very pretty safe yeah, for us. Yeah, it feels really good. Mm -hmm. Is that true? We're not a science podcast, but we support science. But do you, is that true even with the variants? Yeah, I mean, the the I read this article in New York Times about how there's still like at the time of me reading this article, which was only a couple days ago, that there's still like 430 or something like that people in the United States that die a day of COVID, but that like almost all of them are not vaccinated. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's, I don't feel, and yeah, I guess the variants are supposed to be, um, we're supposed to be safe. Okay. From them. I mean, at least that's the that's what I have heard lately. Right, right. Yeah. Well, it is very – I feel pretty excited about it all. Me too. I feel so happy about yeah. it. All right. So okay. So now I would like to mention that I am reopening the Good Vibe Tribe pretty much just as soon as Mercury goes direct, which will be June on June 23rd. Oh, June 23rd. That's the day after Mercury goes direct. So um, if you would like to learn about this, this is um, my online school of magical arts where I offer my online workshops. It's like a membership program. And we do live web chats every Tuesday. There's a really supportive online Facebook group. Um, to learn more about this, you can go to TessWhitehurst.com and click on Good Vibe Tribe at the top. And that's also where you can get on the waiting list. So yeah. it's only going to be open for like five, six days, something mm -hmm. like that. So you want to you want to get on that. Give it's it a try. A it's very, a free. Oh, yeah. You got to try for a month free. Mm -hmm. Free month. That's great. And it's really, I mean, it's really great. 
Thank you. Yes, I love it. It's a it's a joy in my life. Um, and for me, if you want to get on another waiting list, you can get on my inner child healing waiting list where I think I will be doing it again, my class in August, which is a real deep dive into how to um, create a more loving inner parent so that that's the loudest voice you hear and how to nurture and talk to your inner child, deal with your inner critic. I'm also, um, yeah, I haven't this last time I did an inner critic module for the first time. And um, I'm always learning. So I'm always adding new things each time. There's just like, this is an endless, you know, learning how to love yourself more and connect more to your inner child. If I hadn't had that, those tools, I don't even know what would have happened this this season. Holy moly. There was so, it was just a lot of talking and it helped so I think this is why I feel so much like a different person, too, because it's like deeper bonding with myself, yeah. you know, and releasing more of what hasn't served me so much, so much. Yeah. Anyway, so you can go to my website, highestlighthealing.com and get on the waiting list if you're interested in that. And also, at this point, I'm pretty sure that I have a meditation on Insight Timer. So I think you can just go on there and put my name in there or highest light. Woohoo! Healing. And that is Natasha Lavender. That's right. L E V I N G E R. It might be <laughs> under highest light healing. You know what? Maybe I should be more professional and know that, but look it up. It's free. Just try one or the other. Yeah. That's only two. That's right. So- it's totally free. <laughs> It's an app. So what is the meditation you're going to put This up one there? is um, a chakra clearing meditation, which Ooh. actually I'm going to be recommending this. Not, it, I, it, I swear I didn't plan this for promotional reasons, but I will be recommending this in the energy report today. Um, it's a real basic clean out. But again, I found that to be so helpful when yeah. like, just as a basic um, hygiene, you know, energy hygiene. Yeah, and that's a really great app, too. I've had it for years, and I use it constantly, Insight Timer. Well, thank you. So that is that, right? Uh, Well, yes, and now (laughs) we would like to um, ask you to write us a review, please, on your favorite podcast platform. Um, iTunes is really – or I'm sorry, Apple Podcasts is really great. Um, it helps people find us. So we and we have so many great reviews. We're so grateful for all those reviews. Yes, thank you, thank so, you much, so much. Those of you have who have already written a review. Yes. Um, and we would also like to mention our newsletter. So oh, yeah. I send a newsletter out whenever a new ep- a new episode drops, and then I put pictures of the cards we draw for the week, and links, you know, appropriate links that might be you might want to check out after you listen to the podcast, and um, and then Natasha sends out a kind of wrap up monthly wrap up once a month. That's right. And then the last thing we want to talk about in this section is our phone number. Oh, right. If you want to ask us a question, which we love, you can call us at 828-333-7181, 828-333-7181. I looked at you that time because you like it. I mean, I, I don't know like if you like it. it when I look at you, but you like when I say that number. Yeah. Um. And or you can just go to our website and ask us a question on there. MagicMondayPodcast.com. Yeah, and speaking of questions, 
Yes. Speaking of questions, here's a voicemail. Hi, Tess and Natasha. My name is Victoria, and I absolutely am so grateful to have you both as um, spiritual guides um, that I I kind of look up to and I love listening to. I always get in such a positive headspace and energy space um, on Mondays starting the week with the podcast. I have a question about um, pregnancy magic, I guess. I, I, it's not necessarily magic, but just this pregnancy space in general, um, if you had any tips or, you know, book recommendations, any insight or suggestions, even just an opinion on where you think um, good spaces um, while pregnant um you know, would be to kind of uh, resonate in or to to find space in um, anything from meditation to um, I'm I'm looking into blessing ceremony instead of a baby shower, just things that align align with me spiritually um, and energetically. Okie dokie. So, um, you know, sometimes we get questions where I'm like, I feel like um, there's people that can answer this better. <laughs> like, <laughs> like when it's specific, that's right. When it's like specifically <laughs> about like, like the period question, you know, mm-hmm. I yeah. feel like there's people that are really spend a lot of time like right. knowing themselves in that way, in a way that I have not spent a lot of time knowing myself. Mm-hmm. Just because... Um, I don't know. I just never had cramps like in that case. So and yeah. Well, we do have a community too. Yes. So it's like if we don't do the best job of answering yes. or the most complete job, yeah. then you know, then people let us know or you can like yes. check out what people are saying on the uh, Magic Monday podcast listeners Facebook group. That's right. Um, yeah, that's a good place to do it. And in this case, like, obviously, well, Tess doesn't have kids, and I do have two kids, but um, I also don't, I didn't do a lot in this regard in terms of, like, she, when she mentioned the, like, having a blessing ceremony and stuff like that, like, I do feel like there's people who really specialize in that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. if you are a person who knows more than we do, please, uh, go to the listers page. Um, or you can write us and yeah, um, we can maybe share it next time. But what I do want to say is that like, what I like to, I, you know, obviously I, I was pregnant and I, you know, she said doing Reiki. I mean, that's beautiful. Like, when you're creating any project, <laughs> really, you know, and like even with our animals, you know, um, you know, you have a cat and we have many animals, um, we can do things like it's like, well, OK, I'll just say it's like creating any project. So like a business is like creating having a baby, you know, like um, in in some ways it's like um how I bless my business, I bless my animals, I bless my children every day, you know, having a vision. I do a thing where I 
um, create like a bubble when I'm creating a new project. So you could do this with your baby, like imagine your baby in a pink bubble and you're just putting in this bubble. I feel like I talked about this last week, the blessing ball of light, like put in that, like your blessings for her or the him. I, it's weird. I said her. I wonder if it's a her, mm. um, <laughs> um, for them, let's make it gender neutral. Um, and, Another thing that just came to me is you can put a cord from your heart chakra to this um, bubble, which I do do with my business as well, and just send love to it, gratitude to them. Um, And again, just like um, sending lots of love. Another thing is you can imagine your energy contract together, put it in, just say hello to it every day in present time. Um, And again, you can imagine like, making this journey, whatever you want. Like, for instance, when my first child was born, my goal with them was to let them be whoever they were. Like, my that was my whole intention was I'm going to get out of their way so they can fully be who they are. Hmm. Um, and I later, I very quickly regretted that. <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot of opinions. Um <laughs> Um, I'm only kind of kidding, but we do let them <laughs> be who they are. That is for sure. Um, but so you may have, and actually I, ha- I have thought like, maybe I should have made it like, okay, I'm letting them be who they are. And they also listen really well <laughs> Oh, <laughs> to us. They're not, uh, they don't want to defy everything. Um, but so, yeah, I would just say to having intentions are nice so like having those kind of intentions like whatever it feels aligned with you like the most joyful relationship or the most lighthearted or whatever you know and again for people who aren't pregnant or don't want children like you can do this with anything that you're creating and including Mm -hmm. things that are here now like animals and or beginning, like a journey, yeah, like a trip. Exactly. You can bless your trip. You can put, yeah. So those kind of things. And, of course, yeah, Reiki is beautiful. Any kind of love and gratitude and, like, um, those kind of things. And if fears come up, you know, just love your fears and, um, you know, just like you would with anything that you're creating. That's, that's my so- advice. I wrote, I wrote about this in You Are Magical mm-hmm. in the beginning, but my mom, so listeners know that my mom and I are estranged and that it's a challenging, there's some challenges there, but it doesn't mean that there's not also love and a lot of, I have a lot of gratitude for a lot of things she taught me. And um, I, she sent me at some point a letter she had written me before I was born. Oh, wow. And she, in the letter, she, ha- she sets an intention for me and it's to always remember the magic Whoa! like I didn't even get the letter until I had already published books Whoa. on magic yeah that was her intention for me Whoa. when I was still <laughs> in the uterus that's really amazing <laughs> it's so beautiful yeah. I know yeah that's a perfect example and I also feel like um that helps you really co-create with this being whether it's a child or a, or whatever you're creating so that it's aligned, you know, like definitely I believe my oldest child was a general in a past life, <laughs> was mm-hmm. told that when I was pregnant and 
I believe it. And so like (laughs) those were their intentions to come be with a family that was like, okay, I'm going to do what I want, you know, not do what I want. We have so many boundaries here, but you know what I mean? Like their essence, like that is our goal is to have their essence be what it is. Right. And you also were probably tuning in to your right. first baby's essence. Yes. And like my mom was too, right. probably. Exactly. Like tuning into me right. and like what will, what would kind of like nourish my existence. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So that's what I have to say. And if anyone has any other things, they can go to the listeners page and that would be great. Maybe there's like books or I have never had a blessing ceremony, but I actually went to one once that was that was nice um so i know that there's stuff people do that i don't know about all right so our next question is from amy and she says um thank you for taking the time to read my message this is about her childhood dog fret girl so um I'm just trying to, okay, I'll, I'll just read it. Freck girl died a horrible death when we, we were babies together. My father was an alcoholic diagnosed as schizophrenic. I had a pretty tumultuous childhood. My dog Freck girl was my rock and always by my side. We both had freckles, hence the name. Freck girl died. Oh, she already said that. Okay. I actually had a mental block about her death until my mom was dying. Um, I have, I am now 53 and I have not been able to connect to her. I really want to figure out how to let her know how sorry I am. I wasn't there for her and how much I appreciate that she saved me so many times. Any advice? My heart is heavy over it and I want to release the sorrow and darkness surrounding it. Um, I am not sure I will be able to release this if I can't tell her how sorry I am and how much I miss her. She was my light in the darkness. Uh, thank you for your time, blessed be. All right. Do you want to answer that first? Well, yeah. I mean, I want to start by saying it seems to me that it's extremely frequent that when an animal dies, that the human feels guilty. Oh, yeah. And so, even and it, humans, when humans right. die, humans feel guilty. Right. And so, I feel like this is one of those situations where. Like for me, when my animals have died, it's happened to me twice as an adult. Um, but as a child, more. Um, that it's important for me to to like remember, oh yeah, it feels like this was my fault. It feels like I should have stopped this, but that's not real. Like that's actually not true. Yeah. And in this situation, I'm sure, I mean, I- You were really a child. Am, you're a child. Yeah. And so I feel like that maybe because the grief came up um, to be felt that that old feeling, you didn't feel it then, now you're feeling it now, or maybe you did, but you didn't like process it fully. Um, So just remember that it isn't your responsibility that she had her own, you know, karma and her own path. Mm -hmm. And it was it, it and but you can feel sad for yes. sure. I mean that's normal to feel sad, um, but I think taking that guilt equation out, at least logically telling yourself, reminding yourself that it seems very much like I deserve to feel guilty for this, but it's actually not true. So just I would start with that. I do have I, I yeah. have other advice, but that's a place to start. I think she felt guilty, not that it was her fault, but that she wasn't there with her. 
I mean, I feel like it's the same type of family. Yeah, family of feelings of like I somehow I messed up that death. I didn't do that death right. It's like it's not, you know, you can't stop stop death. No, and you can't. You were a kid, like, mm-hmm. and you were in a tumultuous situation. Like, there's no yeah. way you could have, you know, done it differently. You were a kid. I mean, yeah. even if you were an adult, who knows? <clears throat> you probably wouldn't have blamed your mom or don't blame your mom um, who was an adult there. So, yeah, you just can't. It's not your fault. For right. However, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so start there and then uh, you can communicate if yes. you meditate and you feel your love for your dog, you can use that love, that feeling of love as a portal to find that because love is like a feeling that connects you to other souls. Mm-hmm. So it's like you could just follow the path of that. Where does that love connect and then you'll find uh an aspect of the of your dog's soul that you can communicate with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you can. You know, they. She doesn't have a body anymore, but she has her spirit, so she's available mm-hmm. to you. Um, you know, not to like. Well, I'll just say if you. This is something I do. So if you want to have a session with me, you might feel better having a professional person or not just me you could go to anybody you know but I highly recommend Natasha thank you helps me out with stuff like this and she's really good at it thank you um but you know that might make you feel like okay like might give you more confidence like okay it definitely happened kind of thing but you definitely can do it yourself like Tess said um just get into a meditative state and the only obstacle here is is your doubt about it, you know. I mean, it depends, like, I bet you will be able to connect to her. I was just going to say there's some, especially if it's been a while, it might feel a little bit more faint, um, depending on what she's up to right now. Um, but just trusting that that message of love, of like, I wish I could have done more. I wish I could have been there for you. I'm sorry. You know, I think that that is like she's in a good place now, you know, and she will know that you I think she already knows that how much you loved her and that she already knows that you were both in a bad place. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm actually just feeling that right now. I can feel it like like she know there's no blame or like she feels bad or you know compassion for you that you had to like continue in that place actually mm-hmm. um so but you can let her just tell her how you feel and um and sometimes you know i will also say that let's just talk about a different situation sometimes we don't ever get to say these things but I'm just feeling into this that having resolution, we don't always need the other part. We don't need anyone else to have our own resolution. You know, what I feel here is also part of this is this inner child blaming herself. So if you can have this conversation with yourself from your loving inner parent and just tell like, honey, like 
there was nothing you could do. You were in a hard place here. And like really let your adult know, tell your inner child, like that she was a child. She couldn't do anything. Because to mm-hmm. me, this really actually feels like the resolution is between you and, and yourself because you're blaming yourself and you're blended with that 13-year-old who still thinks that she could have done something or should have done something or whatever. So yeah. when that part is lifted, that is the real, real meat of this. You know, that's the the wound here. Not to say that you don't want her to know. Of course you do. But I think that's the biggest part of it. And then just, you can send her love every day. Just say, hi, Freckle. Hi, f- what's her name again? I'm calling her Freckles. But anyway. Freck girl. Freck girl. Hi, Freck girl. Like, just bring her in. You can, if you have a picture, you don't need to. Or just light a candle, you know, and just say hi. And I love you. And that that will help. The last thing I want to say about this is just that sometimes um, we put our stuff onto people when it's not, or animals when it's when it's not about them, <laughs> and and that's what my sense is here. It's not really about them; it's about you. That's why I'm saying mm-hmm. to. I mean, not that it isn't. Also, I totally understand this. My first cat, who was my like, also saved me. Same very similar I mean my mom wasn't schizophrenic but like my animals were my life saving um um they were just lifesavers for me and one of them died and I felt really guilty also so I totally understand that feeling but just yeah me too oh my gosh yeah Um, Yeah, yeah. and I still feel like my childhood dog Abby and my cats as an adult like it it doesn't feel great always when I think I mean Mm. I'm not it's I still feel pain when I think of their death Mm. but I did want to mention too that something that helped me that I feel like might really help you too is um doing a a ritual like with with smoke I made him a little stone I got like a cement thing from the craft store and made him a little memorial and then with acorn I ordered one from Etsy that said her name but I put them by a tree at my family's cabin in the woods and whenever I go there I visit their little graves and so something like that you could get flowers and place them on a little memorial stone that's actually really powerful for humans which is why humans have done burial rituals Mm -hmm. for so many thousands of years Mm -hmm. because they're, they help us to get closure and to feel connected, mm-hmm. to just kind of, you know, move forward. Yeah. Um, and I've never talked to an animal who hasn't ever just been like, oh, it, this, it doesn't completely know how much their person loved them mm. and that it had nothing to do, you know, whatever it was had nothing to do with them. Like that yeah. they're no blame whatsoever. I've never met, I've met animals that are funny and have senses of humor, but never one that was like, Oh, okay. Whatever. You know, or like I hold you accountable or anything like that, right. or even like, I don't understand, you know, they go a lot of, I would say animals like, go very quickly you hardly ever meet an animal ghost now that i think about it mm. it's like they have they seem to have support like that they go to the light very quickly they have their guy their angels their helpers that that just like help soothe them very quickly 
Yeah, and maybe because their egos aren't quite oh, as yeah, that could be. present as ours. They're not as attached to art, yeah. to time and like, oh, right. I have to be here. Identity. Yes, exactly. It's just like, oh, and I feel really good. I'm running around having fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. You feel bad. Like, I love yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. now we are going to be interviewing one of our faves regs of the show, Britton LaRue. Do you think, I guess I'll read her bio again real quick because yeah. even though she's been on, she's a popular guest um, and she will be talking to us about the moon and her new course, which is so, well, it's actually a repeated course that is really great called Soft Strength. So, Britton LaRue is an intuitive life coach, writer, and teacher working from the perspective of alternative healing traditions, blending astrology, the tarot, energy healing, and guided meditation. Britton helps clients deprogram from unhelpful conditioning and remember their indestructible, beautiful, primal essence. And here is Britton. Right, we are so excited to be with Britton LaRue again. Yay! So, <laughs> um, so Britton, you are teaching a class called Soft Strength, and am I right that it it's centered on the moon? You tell me. Yeah, how tell us it, about the yeah. moon signs and how they relate to what you're teaching. Yeah. So um, a few years ago, I started a class, an annual class. I do it every summer during cancer season Mm. on moon themes. And so I chose cancer season because cancer, as you may know, is the sign that's what we say ruled by the moon. So if ruled sounds a little like (laughs) too disciplinary, then we can say like the moon guides cancer the moon shepherds cancer the moon cares about what's going on in cancer and that's mm. and so I just it just seemed like a natural time of year to have a class on moon themes and help people look at their own moon and their chart and help people look at where cancer is in their chart and learn some of the ways that I teach clients and help clients to take care of their moon, like identify their moon assignment, you might say, or their moon invitation in the slide. Mm. And think about how taking responsibility or taking, um, taking a role in shepherding that part of yourself in this life can really be transformative. Mm. So um, thank you for having me on to have a chance to talk about all of that. Thanks for being here. So, so maybe could you tell us and our listeners just like a, maybe an intro to the moon sign, like how does the Mm. moon sign show up in the chart? What does it mean? How, you know, how can people think about their moon sign affecting them and their lives? Exactly. Thank you. So I usually begin by speaking to the fact that to the ancients, they spoke of the sun and the moon the two luminaries. So we can think about these two lights in the sky, right? And their relationship with each other, where the sun comes up every day and maybe it's cloudy and we can't see it, but we can pretty much rely on the sun rising and it looking the same always, more or less um, in where it is. And then it sets and it goes into the underworld and then it rises again in the morning. And so the sun part of us 
I like to say is tied to um, our more conscious self. It's like a divine light inside of us. It's tied to our conscious goals and our creative authority in this world, like something that we're shining a light on. Where the moon self, if you think about the moon, the moon rises at different times all the time um, in a month. It's always looking different. It's like constantly changing. Um, it swells and gets really big and then it begins disseminating again. And then we just don't even see it for a while. And so it, um, unlike the sun has this quality of changeability and it's kind of, it's more mysterious because we connect it to the nighttime. Um, because when it's the most big is when it's night. And so suddenly it's illuminating what is normally dark. And so I like to talk about the moon as being the part of the chart that can um, speak to what is maybe more unconscious about ourselves. Um, maybe mm. it can shine a light on some of the mysterious ways that we do things, uh, like some of the mysterious things from mm. the past that sometimes we don't consciously recognize that go on in ourselves, but can actually speak to a kind of underlying major part of us that's always there. Because the moon is always there, even if we don't fully see it. You yeah. Know? And so, and then there, they have a relationship in the chart, just like the sun and the moon are always in relationship to say right now that the moon is waning is to speak to what that means. It's waning in relate its relationship to it having gone from a full moon where it was fully illuminated, which is opposite the sun from the earth. And then it begins to lose its light, we say, which is really just about its relationship to the fact that it's moving back towards the sun again, receiving yeah. as much of its light. And the moon in your chart, at the moment you were born, what was it was reflecting? It was reflecting the light of the sign of your sun. So it's right. very tied to your sun, even though mm. it may be in a different sign than your sun, it was oh. reflecting the sun's light. Oh, I haven't ever thought of that before. <laughs> That's so interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. So those kinds of dynamics of thinking about ourselves, I think can just be incredibly helpful um, at illuminating then something that may be more hidden from view, which is what the moon can help us do about like, oh yeah, I, I do do those things, but I just don't think about them. Mm. This is sort of like not in our conscious sight. They're more underwater mm. um, and the moon rules tides, right? The moon rules the tides of the ocean and when we think about the ocean, like we can see the surface, but we can't always see this rich world that's going on underneath. And so when we move into like our moon self, when we think about the moon parts of who we are, we are able to kind of dip underwater then and go into the past, go into things that, that may just not be totally clear to us on the surface. And yeah, that's really helpful to me. So this might be a real like oversimplification, but I do think of, uh, the sun as being like your external self and the moon as being your internal self. Is that, those are just very broad, broad strokes, but is that roughly true? Yes. But you know, exactly. It can be funny because like, if you have a sun in a more, um, shadowy place on the chart, let's say, um, if you have your sun in a more like hidden position and the moon in a more external position, then you're often moving through the world externally from moon mm -hmm. self. 
that makes mm-hmm. sense. But mm-hmm. I thought that yeah. the rising sign was more your external or no. It it, it yeah. does speak to like the energy that you're stepping into things, like okay. your approach, like the motivation that you have um that's underlying like how you're gonna put your son out there. Uh, that makes sense. Okay. So they do work together. Would it but- be like sun is like what you do? Rising is how you do it, and moon is why you do it. Like kind of a little bit. That. That. <laughs> Virgo had to put analyze. It in had to analyze it. Let's tidy yeah, this up. Because why? Like the why is we're serving some kind of underlying need that we have right? An underlying need that we have for safety and security, an underlying need we have for love and validation, an underlying um, need that really matters to us in like a deep, deep place that we may not always be consciously aware, like, Mm. oh, that's my underlying need. Mm. And um, of course, everything's relational. Just like I was saying, the moon is in relationship to the sun, it's also in relationship to all of the other celestial bodies that we might be looking at and the angles they're making with one another. Mm-hmm. But at a, at a basic level, I do think the moon is uh, speaking to the emotional body, which again, we're not always aware of our emotions, you know, the emotional body's needs for safety and security. And that goes then back to the past. Um, like speaking of like going underwater and looking for like, what's not totally we're something we're not totally aware of, you know, it's, it was in the past with more of our child self that we learned how to get safety and security, where safety and security, love or validation come from and what behaviors and everyday patterns and like daily ways of being are going to be most helpful in supporting us in getting that safety and security. So Mm -hmm. Moon also then rules daily habits and it rules like how you treat your body. Mm-hmm. Um, just sort of like the day, the day-to-day stuff, because the moon's the celestial body closest to our own bodies, you know? So we yeah. can get, like the ancients saw all of the assignments or the um the direction of the other planets as moving through the moon, and then mm. the moon them into us basically oh yeah oh that's like the kabbalah too which i know astrology is related to so that's what's really helpful and powerful i think about getting into lunar stuff too is just noticing the simple day-to-day things like why is it that i do these things in a row or why Mm -hmm. is it that i like these things to be set here and these (laughs) like why do i put these clothes on why do I, why do I feed myself that particular way? Like mm-hmm. these little things that we do in our day-to-day lives speak to little things that we picked up along our life that help us feel safe. Those routines. But okay. that, and that's related to the moon. Yes. Cause the moon rules daily habits. Oh, okay. And that's where, that's where the self care piece comes in oh. um, with the moon, especially is because it is, through some of these minutiae that we care for ourselves, right? But sometimes we have daily habits that are not very good for us um, and routines that aren't um, supporting us 
but we found them because some a younger version of ourselves maybe needed to have that mm. ritual, maybe needed to um, do that thing in a regular way, um, whether that's a relational pattern or a mm-hmm. pattern or um, you know, a work kind of pattern. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we found our way to these patterns our younger selves did and it worked for what our younger self needed. And then, but we may in the present time be like, I really wish I didn't do that. Like, I really know that that's not actually helpful to me, but it's why is it so hard for me to break with these patterns? And a lot of that's also working with our moon self is because the moon part of us is really connected to those patterns, even if they aren't fully supporting our self-care, even if they feel in many ways like self-abandonment. Mm-hmm. So like getting into that, like, what is that? Why? What is that? Why that's behind that? Um, and, and caring for ourselves at that place can help us uncouple. And as you come to love yourself at that vulnerable, vulnerable place of like, why you may have fallen into that ha- habit um, and begin to do some repair work and love yourself at those vulnerabilities then you're able to begin to make some of those shifts where you feel like you're able to then care for yourself better. And sometimes that just begins with having a balanced diet throughout the day or something simple like that, or like putting, getting yourself to bed at a time that would be better for you. Some of those like gentle self-care habits that can be more helpful, drinking more water, right? Um, All of those things can begin to teach your subconscious and then that's moon to to rewire the unconscious that you are someone that will show up for your self-care um and that helps to repair uh patterns of self-abandonment where you maybe weren't fully caring for yourself across certain parts of your life so in order to know like for clues as to how to do this best, do we look to like the sign our moon is in and the house it's in or how is there ways to like hone in on the best ways to do that? Yes. I think that um, moon sign is a great way in for sure. I think most people, I don't know if I've ever talked to anyone who hasn't resonated with their moon sign. I seriously Mm. don't think I've ever talked to anyone who resonated with their moon sign. It's, um, it's kind of a deeper to me part of yourself, like mm. that you, mm, like, whoa, like yeah. you, you connect to it. <laughs> like, oh, that's almost like private. It's like mm. oh, wow. tender, you know, and mm. that tender is a word we would use for the moon. It's a word we would use for cancer. Um, and then when you get into the house, I think that's especially revealing um, that that's a zone of your life or a domain of your experience where there's a strong need to seek love and validation or safety and security mm-hmm. in that zone. Um, and then when you feel yourself reflected by that, it can be really powerful because you maybe just weren't consciously, I mean, this is the case for me when I first learned astrology and it's the case for clients all the time, you maybe just weren't um, consciously thinking about it. Um, And then when you recognize like that, that is a zone where you want to feel more um, responsible to yourself um, 
and care for yourself more there and help take care of some of maybe insecurities or dependencies that you may have. That's something that develops around our moon self is like, that's where we may feel insecure, you know, mm-hmm. especially if there has been experiences of like severed belonging in any way in childhood or patterns of self-abandonment. Like that's kind of like the moon just reveals where you actually have a superpower if we care for ourselves more there and love ourselves more uh, there. Yeah. And then it starts working for us. I feel like more um like in a, in a more conscious way. And we start to realize like, wow, my moon self is, is amazing. Like my moon self can do so many things. Uh, I hadn't been fully caring for it. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So what's your moon sign? I know you've told us before, but remind, remind uh, us. I'm moon in Capricorn. Oh yes. Okay. And I resonate with that because, um, I've always sought safety and security, love and validation through achievement externally Mm -hmm. out in the world. And this placement in the chart would suggest that through my reputation, through what people think of me and what I do in the world, and that I'm like really excelling and an expert Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like a big achiever, you know, that um, everything will be okay. I'll Mm -hmm. just be okay once I know that I'm achieving properly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that can be a difficult, just like all moon placements have their own little quirks. Because then you're um, relying on validation to come externally all the time. And um, so for me, self-care is like recognizing so much when um, I'm coupling something that I'm wanting to happen outside of myself related to my work or related to what people think of me and the work I am doing to uncouple that from like just the part of me that wants to be in back in my body feeling okay. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and Capricorn can be um, disembodied because it like just focuses on endurance so much that um, you just like forget to feel so that you can accomplish. Um, right, right. That's yeah. something that resonates very strongly for me. Ooh. So I have other parts of my chart, like my Pisces placements that help me touch base with my feelings, but um you know, what I've identified as my superpower from my moon is that ability to show up. Like, Mm -hmm. is the, there's a part of me that like the why is like, because I care about doing this, like Mm -hmm. I do this and I want it to be done in a way that will make me feel good um, for the work I'm doing in the world. And so I feel like you can rewrite or re re like restory like how you frame your moon placement so that you can on the one hand see how you maybe have developed these certain things that you would like to caretake better um and then see on the other side on the other spectrum how your moon self gives you this opportunity to um do incredible things Mm -hmm. like coming from this really deep place within yourselves Yeah. I love that with astrology, how every sign, it seems like every sign and maybe even every placement, there's like this, um, challenging aspect to it, but then there's also the superpower aspect. So being aware of both, you can then like find that spot where you're getting the benefits of it without, um, falling into too often, probably sometimes still you fall into the challenging aspects, but you know, just having that awareness brings so much power. Yes. 
Yes. And also the uh, there are bound like for instance, Brett is Capricorn Moon and Cancer Sun, and mm. he's much more. He's really both. He's like he's the emotion, like he's the work. I the feelings thing I can see with his work, but then he's a very emotionally connected person in relationship. Mm -hmm. So it's like this balance, and then my youngest is Capricorn sun and cancer moon. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. So it's like a real, a real balance thing happening with both of them. Um, but I want to make sure that we get to what you want to talk about too, but I know. You maybe is there a, maybe a kind of quick way you could tell us with our moon placements yeah. what our superpower and thing to watch <laughs> out for is yeah i'm gonna look at it i don't know if you want me to share screen or if you just want me to no it's okay chart yeah you so, can just so yeah tess i pulled up your chart um and i are you does it seem familiar to you to have your moon in the 12th house is that how you know it to be uh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, I, I haven't ever really like gotten connected to the house situation, but it that, sounds that familiar sounds, because right. I told I told right. her. Okay, I want to make sure that was <laughs> okay. Both, yes, both of you have wounds and what we can think of as like. Um, I mean, some people call them shadow houses or water houses, um, houses um, that have to do with more like hidden or unconscious parts of the human experience. They're like less external out in the world. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so for both of you, and I can speak to them separately, but for both of you, your moon self by house, I'm looking at your Sag moon Tess in the 12th house, 12th house moons, um, then your emotional body, like your kind of inner um, connectedness, because that's moon, is, is associated with the house that has to do with the collective unconscious, with dream worlds, um, with kind of like um, a world that's behind the scenes from everyday life that's out there. That like the Akashic Records? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's a, it's a very psychic type placement um, because moon is very absorbent, right? It's, it's very open and soft and like wants to take in um, what it wants to merge with because we associate moon with water type things. And so moon in the 12th house would be very absorbent of the environment of um just stuff that wants to come talk to you. Right? Oh yeah. Interesting. And so, yeah. you know, what I always think about then is what that might feel like to a child, because mm. with our moon, you are understanding your reality of your moon self through that placement. And this is a realm that like, not everyone can talk about with a whole mm. lot of skill and the culture that we live in here, you know, um, and not all parents are skilled and educated in how to talk to their children about being so absorbent or so um, tied into information that can be coming in, right? And so I feel like 
a lot of times when people have a 12th house moon, there can be a journey in this life around learning boundaries, you know, like learning um, when to kind of turn off the psychic sensors so that you're not constantly taking in information from everything. Yeah. Um, like it was scary to be a kid. Yeah. When I think of my childhood, I am like, oh, it was yeah. really, really scary and unsettling. And What's also that? growing up in a funeral home, like there's lots of things. Yeah. Spirits. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Okay. So that's completely resonating with you. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and the sad part. Yeah, to me, the sad part would be like, ultimately, um, for sure, you would take the isolated sad stuff of like, um, being a seeker, having wanting independence, you know, wanting to know that you're free. But I also feel like you would want to go learn how to adventure and be free in that realm, you know, of like Mm -hmm. needing to get behind the scenes to your own space where Mm -hmm. people aren't going to mess with you. Mm. oh interesting no well maybe clarify that a little bit more that where people aren't going to mess with me like so that i get like i think the sag moon as having a kind of maverick quality of someone that um needs to like know that they can go where they want to go oh right yeah like get their backpack and just go Totally. Um, That's my oldest. And let me tell you, in this pandemic, she's always like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of this house. (laughs) Where we go. Right. And so if you might, if you want to tie it to the placement, I might, I might just wonder then if learning facility, learning skills and being able to be so absorbent, but be, you know, in skill with it then. Oh, I see what you're saying. Totally. Um, oh my gosh. Like, yeah. And I'm going into my own behind the yes. scenes zone and I'm going to go to like other realms and I'm going to go to other planets, you know, whatever yeah. you know. And I'm, I'm going to be safe. Lives and that's my world. And like, I can go over there whenever I want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's so interesting. And Sag has a lot of teaching qualities too, you know, so potentially wanting to use what you learn there to be a guide or torchlight. Cause I think of Sag as like torchlight for other people. Yeah. And also the um, honesty piece has really that the, I know Sagittarius is about like also about saying what's true and finding what's true. And that is so important to me, honesty. And so um, what do you think were the like self-care pieces that you learned in your life to help you move from kind of like, I don't know how to take so much information in, like I'm a sponge Mm -hmm. (laughs) to being someone of great skill who guides others. Yeah, that I talk about that. I mean, that's like my book, The Good Energy Book, is a lot about what I learned about clearing my energy, anchoring into the earth, like just having good magical hygiene, but also living in an isolated place in the mountains <laughs> really helps me too. Like living in a city, I mm. never could feel quite, I mean, I not that I didn't love the years I lived in Los Angeles, but mm-hmm. they did, it really overwhelmed me to be mm-hmm. there energetically. I never felt like I could relax my belly lived there yeah yeah I mean I think of that house as behind the scenes and that can often mean like living in a cabin in the woods like (laughs) 
having a retreat somewhere and that being where you can fully feel safe and at home because the moon is home too. Oh, yeah. well, it's funny because Britt and I, I know both have 12, 12th house sons. Mm. Yes, yes. But I guess it's different with the... It's a, it's a little more different in the sense of like, to me, sun there, you know, we re- it's, it is also, re- it's like rejuvenating the light. You're, it's like vitality comes mm. from getting away a little bit even mm-hmm. maybe you do live in a city and you're like I still have a 12th house son that's my situation you know yeah um I figure out how to do that what does that look like spending a lot of time in my bedroom mm-hmm. <laughs> I like, really at my, at my altar, like I gotta have this time yeah. so that I can go out and I mean Tess yeah. when I look at your chart too across from your moon you have Mars in the sixth house um so there's another aspect of you that's like busy doing stuff, like showing oh, yeah. up for the work that you have, oh, like yes. accomplishing the tasks, like this oh, yeah. to-do list and I am going to go for it. Oh yes. yeah. 100%. The do list. Balancing that, right. Is like a really important then mm. like your moon needs what it needs and your Mars needs what it needs. Yeah. And maybe sometimes you feel like, because there that can be like, Mars moon can be some anger, right? Like you may find that you help your anger when you find that balance, you know, mm-hmm. just like anyone really, mm-hmm. but that just being really important is like honoring the, your Mars needs to do certain things um, or else it won't let that thing out. And then it gets pressed mm. down. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so each of the planets in us has these, you know, things they want from us um, we yeah. don't have a ton of time okay. left but um you know i am curious. i know <laughs> yeah we want to talk okay. about you too <laughs> know. we don't have to go as in-depth but because we okay. do need to wrap up i soon. did want to share too that i looked up your combined chart oh you oh. <laughs> both have sun moon and mercury as your combined chart in the 10th house of career reputation and scorpio Oh, Ooh. So, <laughs> and you're like, you guys are a professional Scorpio team. Yeah. Wow. Like we should go into business in some, in the area of the occult, right? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's so cool. That's awesome. awesome. I love so that. As friends, you bond there and enjoy so each other cool. through mm. your career work together in a Scorpio way. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, if I go to, if I go back to Natasha's chart, um, and I know your chart too, Natasha. Yeah. So Natasha, you have Libra moon in the eighth. Yes. Yeah. That's how you know it to be true. Yeah. Okay. And so for you, the eighth house then is another, what we would call like shadow house where, our emotional world is in a really deep place. And the eighth house is also a house where we, it's, it's kind of a psychological placement where we can, we're again, picking up a lot of information in the environment. Mm-hmm. And this can be a little more interpersonal as opposed to transpersonal, I would say, with the mm. 12th house, where you may have learned as a child then, right? Because if we go back with the moon to, to ha- being a child with this placement, Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I asked how I like to do the reading, mm-hmm. um, thinking about being little you who is picking up very much on everything going on with the people in the house, you know, oh, yes. mm-hmm. 
yes. (laughs) (laughs) So what I imagine is as a child, you were picking up on, you were feeling the feelings or feeling the emotional world of caregivers, for example, as Mm. if they were in your body. Oh, terrible the libra part of of your moon is like i just want that i just want to feel harmony i just want to be at peace right so like that probably was a lot as a young child to navigate um and so i imagine then over the course of your life and you also have these 12th house placements that also make you again quite absorbent and then being a Pisces rising also makes you a very absorbent person. Um, I oh, met, yeah. had to learn a lot in your life about boundaries and calling all of your energy back and allowing people to have their own experience and oh, yeah. bringing yourself into present time. I mean, I know the answers to these questions, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just wondering then, you know, so for you, would you say that it's true then that self-care for you has been learning about how to take care of that moon? Um, so Gosh, that yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, I had no idea. That's what I always thought it was like the Pisces rising that was like making me like that. I did not think, except that I did read a lot about Libra being about relationships and like needing that how important relationships are. Mm-hmm. So yeah. is, but like the way 12th house moons can then put, put service to that, what they've learned, the eighth house moon can be someone that can really meet people at the hard stuff, you know, mm. because you've learned how to caretake yourself through some pretty intense things. Yeah. Eighth house moons tend to be those friends that you can tell anything to. Oh, that's, that's nice. you. and I do love and that's what I do with my clients too like I love helping them with the hard stuff Mm -hmm. okay well this has been extremely insightful for us yeah Um, really cool yeah and so you are going to be teaching more deeply about all of that is that what part of what it's a a five-week class so six meetups with five lesson modules in between with meditations, journaling comes with two of my workbooks. Um, wow. Start June 14th. So Ooh, right before cancer, straddle the whole of cancer. And um, you will be coming to one of the live meetups, Natasha. Thank yeah, I'll you. be talking about inner child healing, right? Yes. yes it's <laughs> one of those um, just really rich classes, which is why I call it an intensive. And lots of people like to do it more than one time to like take it in another time after they've yeah. been applying everything. Cause the first time's just such an opener yeah. that taking it again really helps you to integrate more. So. Yeah. Cause it does deal a lot with the inner child. And that's true for my class too. People like to take it again. And people have said that to me too. Like the second time was like another layer. Mm. Yeah. The mood is always layers. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you so much. It's always so great to have you on. We love you. And everybody will love you too when they take your class. Oh, wait, where can they find you? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
at Britton LaRue on Instagram and BrittonLaRue.com. And if you go to my website, you'll see Soft Strength and it'll have all the information. You can email me if you have any questions. All right. All right. Thank you. So we imagine that was really great. Mm-hmm. We haven't actually interviewed Britton yet. No, but um, you've heard but it. We're sure it was I'm fun. I'm sure you loved it. Yeah. <laughs> um, okie dokes. Well, now it's time for the energy report. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so as I alluded to earlier, you know, and maybe Britain talked about this. We're really in eclipse season. We're in in between. We're about to get the solar eclipse. I don't remember when that is. Soon. Oh, that is on June tenth. Oh, yeah. Which is this what? week. Day of the week. Oh yeah, this week. <sighs> Good. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that I have really noticed, so the energy report is the energy trend I'm feeling into for the week ahead, as well as information that uh, trends I'm seeing with the clients that I've seen um, building up to it. And so I did not realize that part of the Gemini duality is this duality between God and man. Um, the kind of what feels like opposing forces of the divine and human stuff. But that has been certainly very true for me this week. And what feels like is maybe a little, uh, it kind of feels like it's more of the same. Um, And what I've really seen too with people. So it's funny because I was talking to my guides about it. um, And I was like, yeah, it's just like, dealing or trying to navigate this the separation between the divine and 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 humanness and they said they essentially said to me that it's an illusion they're really you are divine you already Mm -hmm. are and so this what feels like separation is is an illusion and um and the eclipses are really highlighting the areas very strongly for for us where we feel that separation. So it can feel very much like I'm not divine. I'm heavy. I'm in this mm-hmm. heavy human body. I'm dealing with these heavy patterns, this heavy condition. I'm, you know, all of that. It can feel like, ugh, that's what I am. But really it's that the eclipses are highlighting it so that you can release it so you can feel more of your divinity so you can feel more of who you really are um so with people it's just so different you know another interesting thing that i've noticed is people have been having like these awakenings and then they're they look around their life and they're like well that doesn't fit i can't have that anymore you know Mm. whether it's a relationship or a job or whatever they're like wait no this is wrong this is so wrong you know which is you know maybe true it's like these big realizations because because they're feeling so much more of their divinity of why of their yeah. why they're here the this expression and um and it can feel really uncomfortable so i just want to validate that first of all that it can feel 
even though it was there the whole time, it feels extra uncomfortable when you're more aware of your lightness, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, so to help ease this, I guess, I don't know, transition, just to ease over, like make it a little bit more smooth. One, I would say I would caution against making any big decisions. So like even if you're feeling, oh, my God. I need to blow everything up. Like, just like take a breath and just say, oh, okay, that's because I'm really feeling how much I want, you know, and what's the next step here? Because for some people, it might be, I'm going to leave that job. I'm going to leave that person. But for some people, it might be, oh, actually, I haven't been clear at, to my boss about what I want. And my next mm -hmm. step is setting better boundaries. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, and creating a, a work, uh, finding space in this work environment to do what I want or with the relationship or whatever. So um, just taking a breath and, and, and being before you do anything. Don't, but I would caution against being impulsive, especially because it's mercury retrograde. Um, and then the other thing, again, not to promote myself, but just basic hygiene so that your energy hygiene and also just regular, I would say, like drinking water. Yeah. Self-care. Self-care. Yeah. Really taking care of yourself to help it not feel so bumpy. Mm -hmm. um, and so a chakra clear out, like I, one of the things that helped me so much this week was seeing clients because um, every time I do, I do a clean out and I get a, my own little healing every time. And every time I was like, oh, I feel so much better. Um, <clears throat> so chakra clean outs are just so helpful. Tess has one too. Maybe there's one on my, the Insight app of mine. <laughs> um, also, if you're on my mailing list, you get that chakra clean out. Um, but they're all over YouTube. Um, but so, yeah, that kind of thing where it's like, okay, my energy field is feeling really in present time, you know, so that you're clearing out what isn't serving you, what's in the past, what isn't working for you so that you're more connected to the divine, but also you're just more connected to your present time information. Yeah. So that's my advice this week. Well, I just want to say that I do, you do many readings a week. I do one Akasha clearing a week for charity. And it really, what you said is in alignment with my experience with that too, that it was like, um, like, I don't want to go into details, but yeah. I, I, I counseled this person to like, after this big shift to uh, concentrate on on how their body felt mm. on how like taking care of themselves like instead of what should I do now right. like like that yes, what should I do yes. now piece like that will be natural and that will be an you don't there's no rush on it yes, like yes. concentrate more on your personal like being your own like independent powerful being I mean you're interdependent you're supported you're yes. not just purely independent yes. but you know concentrate on how you feel in this positive shift and then from there when the time is right you'll know how to create change yes exactly it's very tempting to want to to make quick moves when you suddenly yeah, especially have when you're like oh I had this huge realization and like I healed in this deep way yes. now I'm gonna go do all this stuff yes. yeah yes yeah all right so okay. So now it's time for practical magic. Okay. So um, 
as I mentioned, Mercury's retrograde, and I've been having a great time <laughs> with the Mercury retrograde <laughs> challenge. It talk about self-care too. I mean, there's self-care stuff. They're just easy things. Like yesterday, it was roll up your loose change and clean out your wallet. It like we there was a sea salt bath day upcoming. My, my favorite, clear out your fridge day. Oh. <laughs> I love cleaning out my fridge. Um, <laughs> That's my least favorite. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. It just, I don't know. There's just something about it for me. But um, so I do recommend joining that if you haven't already. Yeah. It's like simple stuff. And I if, if it's like I have kind of scalable stuff too. So it's not a huge commitment if you don't have time. I have ideas for how you can do whatever you can with the time you have. And you can join um, anytime, right? It's okay. Yeah, you, you can join anytime. And then if you miss some days, you can always go back and do those things whenever if you want or you could just skip them it's you know there's no rules so i do recommend that and then as we mentioned the new moon solar eclipse is june 10th which i looked it up it's thursday and i suggest for this new moon because of the eclipse season and also because of mercury retrograde to really look deeply at your intentions and goals Mm. And revise them mm. as you need to. And also look at like, okay, I, I want this. Why do I want that? What is the feeling that that's going to give me? What's my motivation behind these things I want to create? Like really look deeply and then feel free to tweak this stuff so so that you can just get very clear, find the place where you feel joy and ec- excitement and expansion and then also, uh, you know, change what doesn't resonate with you. Discover what, like, oh, this this used to seem like this is what I wanted, but now it's this. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, like, I assumed I wanted this because I'm supposed to, according to the rules of my culture or my family or whatever, mm-hmm. but I don't really. So it's just a really great time to get clear on your intentions and then to, like, Often on the new moon, you know, it's a time of intention setting, but this is a time of intention revising and then phrasing them in a way that feels very inspiring to you. So that's my recommendation for this week. I like it. It's also helpful. It does go along with the energy report too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And you know what? I do want to say one more thing about that thing of getting clear before you take action. Uh Like maybe when you get clear, you will be like, oh yeah. I want to end this relationship or I want to leave this job. Like it might happen and that might be true for you, but just like check in first is what we're saying. Right. And I would also though say give it a week because we are in a, you know what? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's the minimum amount of time I would say. I mean, always listen to your information always, always, but I would just say that waiting until, the fog of, or I don't want to say fog, but the energies of the eclipse season and Mercury retrograde to just lift a little bit, just to be e- extra clear, maybe how you're going to word it or, you know, just, uh, yeah, before you take action. Yeah, or if maybe other sort of um, conditions might shift in the interim right. that might you know, inform how you deal with the challenge. Like for instance, right now I am, I feel right now my growth cycle is looking at 
responsibility and how it relates to invalidation, which has felt kind of heavy and icky. And, and I feel like that's going to be lifting in a couple of weeks. And then I'll have new information about how to proceed with things. Oh, right. So yeah. the new, the next growth cycle, you, you might feel a little easier in terms of how to move forward. Mm-hmm. All right. So... So now let's do our housekeeping. Yeah. So where can we find you? Well, me, you can find me at <laughs> highestlighthealing.com. Um, you can sign up for my newsletter, the wait list for my class. Um, there's other things on there. Schedule a reading if you would like. Um, and I'm also on Instagram and Facebook at Highest Light Healing. And you can find me at TessWhitehurst.com. That's where you can find my guided meditations and spells and rituals and inspiration. And you can find me on Instagram at Tess4444, on Facebook at Tess Whitehurst Author, on Twitter at Tess Whitehurst, and on YouTube at Tess Whitehurst. And you can find us at MagicMondayPodcast.com. You can find us on Instagram at Magic Monday Podcast, on Facebook at Magic Monday Pod, and the group Magic Monday Podcast listeners. And that's it. That's I think. it. You did <laughs> and wherever it. you listen to podcasts, which it sounds like you already have that covered. Yeah. Um, okay, so now we'll pick our cards for the week. I'm going to okay, pick so from what... the Akashic Tarot. Okay, and I am drawing from my Magic of Flowers Oracle. Okay, great. Oh. Okay, so I drew Yarrow, mm. which is Protective Shield. Mm. So this, I'm tuning in, so this is a message of protection, of remembering that you're safe, mm. of remembering that you have divine protection, but it also, I feel like it's showing that energy that we were talking about, of like healing, getting really clear on your own boundaries, on what feels right to you, on you know, where you end and where other people begin and feeling safe in that mm. so that then when you do take action to shift external circumstances, it comes from this sense of like, you have all the time in the world, you have all the support you need. It's a, it's a reminder of that, that you are safe and that you have the support you need. Yeah, that feels like very much what my guides were telling me this morning mm. when they were like just reminding me there is no separation. It was really, it was a feeling of safety. Like you're already yeah. here. You're safe and you're supported. You're already yeah. here. Yeah, so and that that reminder of like everything is energy. So if you're like in the space of feeling that abiding sense of safety, that's where you want to be or like that sense of self-care and self-compassion and then everything else will um, take care of itself. I mean, you may be guided to take action on it, but just remember to start with that. Yeah. Um, okay, I picked the Divine Physician. So it says this card indicates that you're moving into a time of magnificent healing on many levels. Mm. 
There's a person who can be a great healer for you, as well as a teacher who shares a healing, healing gifts that you can pass on to others. If you don't know this person, keep your eyes open. They are coming. You may also find yourself being called to help others at this time. Remember that word and thought, belief and feelings are key components in healing the self and in teaching others to heal. They are important tools in the divine physician's medical bag, so make sure they are part of yours too. Know that the light of healing shines around you and through you. Such a radiant joy can bring well-being to all. Beautiful. It is like Yarrow too. And Yarrow is, I believe, sacred to the god Apollo, is aligned with um, with medicine, like ancient uh, healing. Oh, and Britain's cat's name is Apollo. Oh, really? How cute. Yeah. So that (laughs) is cute. (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, great. Sending you all lots of love. See you. Have a great week. having fun. Oh, I'm sorry you feel bad.